Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 501. And it's a life choice, and, and that is seize the road, seize the path, and enjoy it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special returning guest, Dwight T. Knowlton. Dwight, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? <laughs> I don't know if I'm buckled up, but I'm hanging on for dear life. <laughs> yes, you are. You're in the middle of launching a new new book, and we're going to talk about that as we move through here Dwight T. Knowlton is the founder and the creative genius behind CarpeGear.com. Plus, he's the first three-time guest here on Cars Yeah. Dwight, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Mark. You bet. Dwight is a designer who's currently writing his third automotive-themed children's book that's titled The Small Silver Speedster. His prior two books, The Little Red Racing Car and The Greatest Race, were received with tremendous success around the world, garnering him awards and accolades. Dwight creates, writes, illustrates, and publishes these books and brings them to market all by himself. That's why at the beginning you said you heard him say he was a little bit uh, frantic right now because he's in the middle of this new launch. Today we'll be talking about this new book and the Kickstarter campaign that he's developed for this new book that he's created for his daughter and all of us fathers out there with daughters who love cars. Plus, if Dwight's Kickstarter reaches a certain level, he's going to do a second version of this book with fathers and sons, which would be pretty darn cool. Dwight's motto is Carpe Viem, seize the road, and enjoy the journey. So, Dwight, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Again, welcome back. Could you take a brief moment and share a little bit about your first two books and, of course, this new book that you're launching? And we'll get into questions and comments about the Kickstarter campaign. Well, you know, it all started in 2012 when I went looking for an automotive story to share with my young son. I just couldn't find what I was looking for. I wanted a father-son story. I wanted a father-son car story. I wanted a car story where the cars weren't batting their eyelashes and jumping in mud puddles and giggling <laughs> and stuff. You know, I wanted a real car guy story. And so that's where the Little Red Racing Car came from. And along that path, I reached out to Sir Sterling Moss, who gracefully agreed to be part of that story. And, and, and then out of that came The Greatest Race, which is the story of Sir Sterling's record-smashing win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. And 
produced actually in collaboration with Sir Sterling, and and he's been amazing. And you know, now I get personal notes from him, and just a, a friendship has come out of it. And cool. and so uh, it's been a it's been a very fun journey. You know, it has. And uh, when you when we first met. And you were starting this first book. I got so excited because having children myself, they're grown up now, of course, but I still bought your books and shared them with them. And maybe I'll have the uh, fortune of having grandchildren to share them with someday. But uh, I got so excited because the way you do your books, the stories and being a car guy, yeah, they weren't those eyelashed cartoony cars. This is something that's a little more real and and kind of it reaches down into your heart a little bit. So I'm really excited about the next one, The Small Silver Speedster. I'm a Porsche Speedster fan. Uh, would love to have one someday. So this book has me really delighted. And of course, I've got a daughter, so that makes it really fun too. So as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. Now, you've been on the show a couple times, so you've shared your success quote. So maybe you have something new or different that comes to mind with this this new project and uh, all the stuff that comes with trying to publish, design, illustrate, do it all yourself with a book. Well, you know, my... It, it's easy for me to do this because I have deep, deep files of inspirational quotes. Mm. I'm not like a self-help book guy. I don't need to be told I can do it. But I love finding those little nuggets kind of for every challenge that you come up against. One of them that's really resounded with me recently, and it's, it's in my collection on Pinterest, uh, is never hope for it more than you work for it. <laughs> I love that. Well, tell me a little bit how you incorporate that into this project, especially given all the different aspects that you're handling. Well, other than being a dad and husband, working for it is all that I do. I, I really, in the, in the last few years, I, I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of interests. I like reading books about lots of things and, and watching documentaries on stuff and, and whatever. And, and all of that has gone away. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even go, I skipped the Arizona Concours this year. I don't even go to Cars and Coffee. All I do is be dad, husband, and work on this stuff. Yeah. And I just keep working. And the hope, of course, being that at some point uh, I'll have the time for those things guilt free. <laughs> I understand. I understand 100 percent. Being a one legged paper hanger, as I call myself sometimes here, of <laughs> course, yeah, I get it. Here we are on a Saturday morning when uh, I was uh, planning on being at a GT1 event with a local Porsche club. But uh, you know what? I would rather be here doing a show with you and those entrepreneurs out there. They get it because they're probably working this morning as well. Yeah. Your first book focused on a Maserati and then that famous 300 SL that Sir Sterling Moss and Jenks drove to victory. Could you share with our listeners, why did you choose the iconic Porsche Speedster for this next book and, and a little girl as a subject matter? Well, the small silver Speedster was, I knew the second I was doing the little red racing car that I was going to kind of represent cars from each country, you know, in that early era where the color represented the country the car was from. So I knew there was going to be a green Jag and I knew there was going to be a blue Bugatti or, you know, something along that line. Mm -hmm. So the silver Speedster I knew was coming up and I actually pushed it out to do the greatest race with Sir Sterling, which interestingly enough is a German car and it's silver. And, and so it kind of, kind of filled the category, but that was a departure in the fact that it was nonfiction, and I'm coming back to this historical fiction, you know, deeply researched, incredible amounts of true elements in the story, and then wrapped around the, the, the fictional events of a father and a daughter and, and them going racing. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was kind of a coincidence that I knew the next book was going to be a silver speedster, and I knew that the next book was going to be for my daughter, uh, it wasn't that I picked the Speedster for my daughter. 
although I certainly would. It's in my top 10 cars at any price. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, there are $100 million cars that I would gladly park a Speedster next to. You know, I mean, I just, I sure. love the Speedster, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they've always been one of my favorites, going back to a neighbor who had one up the street that we used to go surfing together and uh, kind of wedge our surfboards behind those little uh, Speedster seats. Don't make sense how they fit, but back then the surfboards were short and small, so it all kind of worked. Very cool. I love it. Well, Dwight, being an entrepreneur is fraught with many challenges. I don't have to tell you that. And <laughs> writing and publishing, illustrating, I mean, doing everything that you're doing on this book is even more challenging. Uh, could you share with us some of the huge challenges that you face on these projects and, and maybe talk a little bit about going through the Kickstarter campaign and how that has to work so that you can make all this happen so you can actually end up with something that you can sell to people and provide to people to enjoy? Yeah, well, there's there are a lot of questions there at once. I, I think I've got this, though. It dawned on me recently, Mark, that in every story that I read about somebody that makes it through to, you know, whether it's Dr. Seuss, you know, Ted Geisel got rejected how many hundred times oh, yeah. before, you know, before he got published. And Seth Godin, who I look up to incredibly, mm -hmm. you know, he got turned down and turned down and turned down. And now he's pretty much sold more books than anyone alive. Everybody has an adversity story. But the success story is on the other side of that. So what dawned on me, I kept reading these stories and I kept thinking, wow, this guy, you know, overcame adversity too. And this guy overcame adversity too. And then it finally dawned on me, most people stop at the adversity story, but yes. the success story is on the other side of that adversity story. Mm -hmm. So um, the adversity stories never stop. Some are the kind that you don't think the business will survive, and, and some of them are just hurdles and bumps in the road that you face on a daily basis. Right. I can think of a couple. Uh, one of them, let's see, shortly after the Little Red Racing Car came out, and it was getting a lot of press, and it had won a couple awards, and good things were happening. I got uh, global distribution. You know, I did all the applications myself. I sent copies of the books to the right people. It took six months, maybe, to get the deal done. Uh, and I got global distribution with, I think, the number two global distributor for books in the world. Wow. And I was all excited, and they featured the book in their in their magazine, and I started getting orders for it, and it was going to stores overseas, and it was going to libraries, and it was, you know, and I was shipping them hundreds of books a month. That all sounds really amazing, and that's fun stuff. I, I always say the highlight reel that's in the newsletter is very different than the reality of running a business. <laughs> yes. And, and so that's, that part is the part that's good for the highlight reel. The challenge then is when for 10 months they don't pay, uh, and yeah. you start writing emails and you start asking for contacts up the chain, and you write them emails, and you try and call, and you can't get through and so forth. And so eventually I just stopped shipping books. And then eventually I threatened legal action and wow, what do you know? They were able to pay me really quickly yeah, soon after surprise, that. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so so that was one of the ones that, you know, hurt the pocketbook and, and I don't have that much to lend a giant company, really. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a challenge. Another one was more recent than that, and that is towards the end of last year, I burnt a considerable amount of hours trying to do a book deal. Uh, with a major manufacturer and they were very interested and I spent, you know, time putting a deal together and time on the phone and time reaching out to mentors of mine because I was out of my depth, uh, on, on putting this deal together and everything. And, and then on the very last day that was set aside for me to get an answer three days away from start date on what would have been the fastest project 
of my lifetime. Like I usually, I usually do a book in the past. It's been a year to a year and a half to get a book done. Right. And I'm changing that this time. I'm, I'm working on, I've put some things in place that's going to allow me to do it much more quickly than that. Mm-hmm. And I've had some practice, quite frankly. Yeah, you've done a couple now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, one fiction and one nonfiction. So I've, I've learned lessons on both of those. But, sure. uh, on the very last day, like three days before start date, uh, I got a no. Oh, and, uh, oh, and it gosh. was, yeah, it was, it was a project, you know, it wasn't just disappointing from a business perspective. It was disappointing on a personal level because it was a, it was a story I really wanted to tell. Right. Um, it was a story that I've kind of always had in the back of my mind. And, and so, you know, it was one of those things where it looked from every angle, like the relationship was there and the enthusiasm was there and it seemed just to be the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I got a no. And so that's one of those things where it's not just the no, it's also that that time, you know, the hindsight is I could have spent all of those hours, yeah, um, yeah. you know, on the small silver speedster or on, you know, my next shirt design or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's a story that's repeated over and over again, and you just never know. You can do all that work, and it comes down to either one person or, or one weird glitch that happens that is so out of your control. And I've had many guests on here that uh, if I can offer a bit of their wisdom and share with you is one closed door may mean there's another one that could open down the road somewhere else. And uh, if the dream is there, the the drive is there, then uh, maybe now wasn't the right time for whatever reason. Again, it was a great time for you, but maybe not for them, but maybe down the road it will be. And another thing that uh, my wife used to share with me when things didn't come through is she goes, maybe you dodged a bullet you didn't even know was coming. That's true. <laughs> so it's yeah. the only way you can kind of think about those things, but uh, you garner all that knowledge you got to get to that point and take it forward to the next project and... Uh, Kind of keep that one in your back pocket as a card to play down the road that might come back. You never, never know. But uh, yeah, oh gosh, uh, I feel for you, buddy. Been there, <laughs> been there, done that. I know what it feels like. Hey, let's talk a little bit about your first two books and a proudest moment. I know you've had many proud moments with these books you've produced, but is there there one that really stood out for you with the first two projects? Oh, Mark, there are there are so many of them. I I scribbled a couple notes on this, and uh, and it was hard to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when you're in business like this, and and you're building something that's kind of not been done before. You know, I mean, European Car Magazine says that I redefined the genre. Other people have said I created the genre. You know, because there's just not been these real automotive stories uh, at at least for decades. You know, right? There haven't been, and and so. As I just chip away at this every day, there are these tiny little victories that open the door for bigger victories, you know? And there are days that are so epic that I journal them, and then there are other days that are so hectic (laughs) that even though they're epic, I don't journal them. And then later on, I realize, (laughs) wow, really? You know, but there are are some things that have happened. I remember the first day that I went from my messages going through uh, Sir Sterling's personal assistant to getting direct messages from Sir Sterling and Lady Susie. Yeah. Uh, and then getting a card in the mail from them and then getting to visit them at their home and have a beer and things like that. You know, sure. it, it, every little step along that journey of that friendship, you know, S- Sir Sterling is someone that I learned about when I was maybe nine years old in a book that my grandfather gave me about sports car racing. Right. And, uh, and, and so he's been an icon and an, a hero to me for a very long time and somebody that I nef- definitely never thought I'd be in direct contact with. Yeah. And so that has been amazing to actually grow into a friendship. Getting to spend a few moments 
alone with the 722 car, with that priceless uh, Mercedes-Benz SLR. The folks from Revs were kind enough to push it up onto the tarmac and step back and let me have a few minutes alone with it and, and get a few shots. Brian from Bearded Mug Media did an incredible job in a very limited amount of time getting some photos for me with that car that I'd spent a year and a half writing about and illustrating from every angle. And, <laughs> and then uh, reading in Simon Taylor's review in Classic and Sports Car, you know, I, I knew the review was coming, but what I didn't know was that in the third paragraph or so, I would see that the reason he was reviewing the book was actually he and Sir Sterling were chatting and Sir Sterling said, hey, you should have a look at this fellow's books. <laughs> and nice. I was like, wow, I'm coming up in conversation, you know? Oh, yeah. And then one of the big, big highlights of last year for me was being the uh, the poster artist and the Grand Marshal for the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. Oh, that's right. That was very cool. It, it really was an amazing experience. And Dan Del Bianco and his team at, at the PBGP are amazing people. And we had a wonderful time. But one of the most precious little things there for me, not little, was having my son in my lap and getting to do the parade. Oh, yeah, uh, that was, yeah. you know, my son started it all, inspired the little red racing car, and then getting to share that with him. Um, yeah. I would, wouldn't have been there without him, and I got to share it with him. So that was priceless. Oh, gosh. All pinch me moments for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no doubt there's going to be many more to come that you can't even see right now down the road, but they're coming, I'm sure. So do I tell us about the ephemera you've planned around this project? You come up with all these cool little ideas. It's not just a book. There's all these other little touches that just really uh, 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 touch my design essence, if you will. And and tell us uh, the importance and the advantage to building more around a book project than just the book itself. You know, it all, it all started with the Little Red Racing Car. Um, you know, when I had the idea for the title inside the front cover, and then that, that title that you fill out gave me the idea of, of a racing license that would come inside every book. And then I had the idea for doing all that research and creating the blueprint inside the back cover. And then I knew that, okay, I'm going to put the flag of the country of the car on the spine of every book so that as I create each book, you'll have a lineup of, you know, there's there's the Italian flag and there's the German flag yeah. and there's the French flag and so forth, tying together this kind of whole world and, and creating a paper model then of the little red racing car. And, you know, the Japanese uh, version uh, put out by Octane of the little red racing car, they actually created a whole paper model kit where you could build the barn and you could build the workbenches and <laughs> How cool you is could, that? had a paper cut out of Sir Sterling and the dad and the son and you could build a model of the car and everything. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. You talk about the, the moments along the way too, jumping back to that. When I got that book, I had no advance warning on it, but Maserati lent their hundred year seal to the front cover of that book. So mm. celebrating that centennial with their logo on the front yeah. was really cool to get that. Continuing with the greatest race then, you know, and I did kind of a scrutineering tag, the the round lapel tags that I saw in all of the photos of Mercedes-Benz, you know, lent access to their archives. And I kept seeing these round lapel tags held on by string. Uh, and I took a deeper look at those. And so I created something similar to that, that I included as an enclosure in the greatest race. And again, did the blueprint there. And so with the small silver speedster, I'm taking it to the next level. I'm, I'm using all of that stuff that I've kind of established as my standard. But I had this brainstorm along the way, and I'm so excited about it. And that is kind of creating a whole world with this thing. So I've created for the Small Silver Speedster the International Sports Car Club. And the kids are going to get a membership card for the International Sports Car Club. 
which yeah. features, by the way, a Speedster as part of the logo with the checkered flag and so forth. Uh -huh. But it's not limited to that membership card. So the membership card will ship in every book. But then I'm designing club T-shirts and a 50s-style wall pennant and just a whole bunch of other stuff. And one of, the, one of the other things that I've done is this poster. You know, I've talked about the research that I do. I've done so much research already on this. I mean, I've spent hours in the Revs library uh, looking at Laguna Seca and Riverside in the 1950s and what's different from now and where they put the hay bales and what the cones looked like and yeah. all of that stuff. So I can put trees where there were trees that there aren't now and all of that because I historically represent everything to the absolute best of, of my ability. Yeah. I've bought entire years worth of, of magazines from the 1950s. I've, I've got releases for, you know, like reviews in Autosport of the new Porsche Speedster and stuff <laughs> like that. So I'm reading it in the context of the day. And then I'm trying to build this world around it. And so these kids, you know, can hang uh, a pennant on their wall of this International Sports Car Club. Yeah. And next to it, this poster that mixes the history with the story that I'm telling. And so I've the heroine of this father-daughter story, it, it, the girl, of course, but the icon in this story is Denise McCluggage. Mm -hmm. um, in, in her uh, Bahamas Speed Week winning Porsche 550 Spider. And so I've done a poster that is uh, a seize the road poster based on my whole Carpe Viem mentality with the number 23 Spider that she raced next to the number eight Speedster uh -huh. uh, that the dad drives in the book. So I, I want for the kids not to just have a sports car story, but kind of be able to get wrapped up in that whole world the way that I do when I'm researching it and creating it. Yeah, you know, the level of detail that you go into for these books is absolutely inspiring to me. And all this fun uh, product that you're building around it is even more cool. In fact, as you're describing all this, I'm thinking... You need to call Lego. Lego needs to have Lego sets that are Carpe VM sets <laughs> for each of these books. I think that because they're doing all these Lego car models now. So, yeah. you know, why not a small silver speedster one with or the, the little red racing car with the red car in the barn where you could build the barn and pull the car out. Yeah, I think you need to talk to those folks over there uh, at Lego about doing some projects with you. Very, very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about your hopes for this book and this Kickstarter campaign because I really want my listeners to know about what you're doing, how they can get involved, they can get um, active, they can uh, pre-purchase some of these books and different plans and things. So talk to us a little bit about how that's going. I know it just started yesterday, I believe, or this is uh, Tuesday, May 3rd, that this show goes live. So uh, tell us about what you're doing and how you're promoting all this. Well, I've created a bunch of different packages for this, and I've put more effort into it than I've ever done. You know, it, the thing is, is you learn little lessons along the way about what works and what doesn't work. And, and, uh, and you also learn what you love to do. I can, I can tell you that running a business now eats almost all of my time and I get to be a creative guy, very little. And so shutting off the email, much to people's <laughs> displeasure for the last <laughs> week or so, I have been able to put the headphones on and, and just be a designer and a creator for most of my hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this whole world that I've started creating around the Small Silver Speedster is really exciting to me. So what I hope for the Kickstarter, more than anything, is that it just gives me the bandwidth. You know, somebody's got to run the business. So so I've got 
uh, my part-time help lined up to kind of take over some of the stuff that I do on a daily basis and let me really be an author and illustrator for the next few months Mm -hmm. because I'm making the promise to deliver this book more quickly than I've ever done before. And, And part of that's due to the lessons I've learned along the way and part of that's due to the fact that in the past, I really have had to do all the day to day all the time. And, and, and I've been able to be author and illustrator in, in the spare minutes that I can grab. And this time I've really blocked off some time. Uh, and I'm going to get to make this my full-time job for the next few months, with, which is really exciting. But that, the goal for the Kickstarter is, is kind of twofold. One of those is just if people don't know about the stuff, if it's not out there and discoverable, I don't get to keep doing what I do, yeah. you know, so it, the, the network has to grow. The reach has to grow. And it's really dependent on people sharing the product. My whole goal is that this stuff continues to be well received enough that I get to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are times when I've launched a product in my email newsletter and the day of launch, you know, it goes out to more than 10,000 people in a newsletter. And the day of the launch, the product sells one, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're and, like, uh, oh. Well, I'm glad I spent my time designing that, yeah, you know, um, yeah. and, and then there are other times where, you know, it quadruples my daily sales record and I'm like, wow, let's do that again, you yeah, know, yeah, how'd um, that happen? but, but really this is, this is a way for the work to be discoverable and also for people to get stuff that that's never going to be available in other ways. So one of the things I've done this time for the Kickstarter campaign is I've created a couple things, one specifically that is never going to be offered for sale. I'm going to produce a certain number of them based on the Kickstarter campaign, and then the rest are going to get destroyed. If they don't ship to Kickstarter backers, they're not going to go to the store. Mm-hmm. They're going to go. They're going to go in the trash. Yeah. And so, if you want, you know, that limited run print of my original sketch of the cover art from Laguna Seca, the corkscrew yeah. in the 1950s, and that small silver speedster, you know, if you want a print of that original sketch. You're going to back it on Kickstarter and backing it on Kickstarter helps me block out the time, you know, by letting me have somebody else, you know, do my day to day and let me work full time on the book for the next few months. Yeah, very cool. What's your timeline? I know the Kickstarter campaign is running now. How long does that run for? And then when is the book going to be available? It runs through the last day of May. And then the book is going to be in hand at Carpe Viem HQ and shipping early November. All right, cool. Just in time for the holiday season. Yep. Awesome. Well, it all sounds really, really exciting. So Dwight, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. 
If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Dwight, we're back, and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? All right. What's the best book advice you've ever received for a project? It's it's a little phrase. I want it as a sign on my wall. I just don't stop working long enough to make a sign for my wall. <laughs> don't yes. talk about it. It says, don't talk about it. Work about it. Yes, I love it. I love it. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success with all these projects? I think I'm too dumb to quit. <laughs> I think you're just tenacious and persistent is what I think. <laughs> I appreciate that perspective. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Would you tell us uh, about a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that might have some tie to embarking on a book project? Yeah, you know, I discovered it too late for it to have helped me through a, a lot of my bumps in the road right off the bat. I discovered it, I think, after the Little Red Racing Car had already gone to print, but I've been a member since then, uh, and that is the International Book Publishers Association. They have a tremendous amount of resources online. They have conferences that they do. They they have a lot of opportunities, many of them provided at a discount for people trying to make this work. Mm. And that is, their website is IBPA hyphen online dot org. There you go. Very cool. Now we talked about kick, the Kickstarter program, how long it's going to last. Where do our listeners go to find it? Well, you know, one of the possibilities would just be kickstarter.com and search for small silver speedster. But I'm also going to have a really easy way of doing it would just be to go to my website and I'm going to have a banner up for the entire month uh, on carpegear.com. Okay, great. And I'll also make sure, listeners, you can go to uh, Dwight's show notes page here at carsyeah.com. There'll be a direct link there for you to go to see how you can become involved and uh, get uh, uh, several of these books for uh, your kids and your friends, your friends' kids and all that. So very cool. All right, Dwight, we're up to the checkered flag. I wonder if you could give our listeners one parting piece of guidance about business, about entrepreneurship, writing, illustrating books, anything that might... Uh, Offer a little nugget for those folks out there that are uh, trying to get things done like you are and a little bit of inspiration. Well, yeah, I, you know, jumping back to the beginning, the success story, if there is one, is on the other side of the adversity story. Yeah. So you've, you've got to work through the stuff that you don't think you'll make it through. I'll tell you my, my last six weeks or so, Mark, I've never been since I started Carpe Gear and since I started doing these books, I've, probably never had the thought quit in my head like I've had in the last six weeks. I, ha I hadn't, I had my primary laptop. I've got multiple computers here and one's a shipping computer for my shipping people and all that stuff. But my primary email computer has failed on me, I think 
five times oh and I, I and I take it back to and they'd fix something and it would pass every test and they'd give it back to me and it would quit again. Oh. And I mean, I average 100 or 200 emails behind most of the time anyway. <laughs> and so when that's piling up because I don't have a laptop for a week and things like that, I, you know, I, I finally gave up. That wasn't the only thing. I mean, that wouldn't have that wouldn't have tipped the scale if it had been the only thing. But it's been a it's been six weeks or so of just challenge after challenge inventory not coming in on time. And, yeah. you know, the 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 supplier, like you know, it's not just that the printer can't print it. It's that the supplier doesn't have any more of the blanks or whatever it is. You know, it's been thing after gosh. thing. Oh, gosh. So you always have to push through that stuff. And some sometimes it's easier than others. But uh, one of the big lessons I've learned along the way is to be willing to listen to people. You know, I hear I hear so many people's ego speak sometimes when they're like, you know, I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to, you know, I've got this plan and whatever else. And that's great. And you need to have a plan, but you need to make informed decisions based on what people do want and don't want and whatever else. And right. and so if you listen to people, you you can decide not to do that thing. But if you pay attention to what you can do different and better, sometimes there's an answer in there for you. Absolutely. Just like you listeners out there for Cars Yeah, listening to uh, Dwight talk about the challenges of getting this new project up and going. Uh, yeah, uh, lean on people once in a while. Listen to others. Uh, there's a lot of great help and advice out there, just like you're offering us today. Well, Dwight, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your hectic schedule with this new Kickstarter program for the Small Silver Speedster. Thanks for sharing your journey with us once again. Thanks for coming back to Cars Yeah for a third time. Fantastic. Please give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that small silver speedster. Well, you know, Carpe Viem isn't just the name of my company. I think the reason that it resounds with not just myself but other people is because it, it it's a statement and it's a life choice. And, and that is seize the road, seize the path, and enjoy it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I love that logo of yours so much. And again, let's remind our listeners what's the best way for them to learn more about this new project, how they can go to the Kickstarter campaign and get involved. Well, the best way, the absolute best way is to sign up for my newsletter. I send a newsletter once, maybe twice a month. It's never spam and I'll never sell your information, but that's carpenews.com. And then a visit to the website, of course, carpegear.com. Absolutely. And again, listeners, you'll find links to everything Dwight has shared with us on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash Dwight T. Knowlton. Dwight, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. I'm really looking forward to the small silver speedster. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I look forward to it. You're welcome. And Mark, thank you for you doing what you've been doing. I have thoroughly enjoyed those moments that I get to listen, those days that I'm able to tuck it in. I love hearing the inspirational stories on Cars Yeah, and congratulations on episode 500. Well, thank you. It's been uh, a great fun for me as well, and it's uh, mostly because of people like you to take time to be on the show, so thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.